Hello, and welcome to Christ Fellowship of Elizabeth. We're so happy that you decided to join us today. This is the teaching podcast from our Sunday worship service, recorded at the Liberty Center in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Our goal as a church is to love God, make disciples, and change the world. We hope that this message inspires you and helps to lead you deeper in your relationship with Jesus. Enjoy. To start off the teaching, I have a question. It might appear to be simple, but it might be a little complicated at the same time. I want you to fill in the blank and answer, what is suffering? What is suffering? It's there right behind me. What is suffering? If, if you had to think of an answer to that, and you had to speak, imagine you're up here right now, and I have a microphone, and I just ask you, what is suffering? What would you say? What would you say is suffering? And I want you to come up with an answer to it. I don't want you just to sit there and just listen to what I'm saying. What would you say to that question, what is suffering? I remember when I was younger, suffering to me was going to a specific place and seeing something, laying down in a chair and seeing this picture that's behind me right now, that would be suffering to me right there. So right there, sitting down and seeing people ready to dig into my mouth is suffering. It's suffering. How many of you agree that's suffering? How many of you we have to pray for because you actually enjoy going to the dentist? Raise your hand. All right, those that raise your hand, we got to pray for them extra, like after service. So for the most part, going to the dentist is not fun. It's painful and it's suffering. And sometimes your mouth is stretched into many different angles as they're like shoving tools into, uh, into your mouth to be able to dig in and do what they have to do. But I remember as a little kid, any time my parents would tell me that I had to go to the dentist, I would just cry. Like, it's just like, no, that is the worst. But there was one thing that kept me a little bit motivated because I knew that there would be like a reward at the very end. Uh, it was a dentist here on Westfield Avenue that after the dentist visit, he would take you to a fish tank. How many of you remember that? Raise your hand. Some of you know who. They take you to a fish tank. Um, there's a picture there, a fish tank of goldfish there. And they would literally just tell you, pick whatever fish you would like. So as a little kid, even though I used to hate, hate going to the dentist because it was torture, I was excited to think I was going to bring home a new little pet, a little fish um, that I could have at my house. Um, and I wasn't, it just popped in my head. There was one time, <laughs> totally not in the message, but one time I brought home the fish and I put him in my fish tank. And then like an hour later, he jumped out. He jumped out and died. So it wasn't a good experience. But overall, overall, I was excited whenever I got a little fish. But when it comes to suffering, I know many of us would probably come up with different 
things that could be suffering. And I'm going to give you a couple examples, a list of five I quickly came up with. One is not having coffee all day could be equivalent to suffering for some of you, right? Coffee, no Bustelo, no Starbucks, no Dunkin' Donuts all day, right? Raise your hand. I know my wife raised her hand. I know. Uh, uh, Pastor Debbie raised her hand too, a little coffee. So coffee could be equivalent, not having coffee could be equivalent to a level of suffering. What about the stress from work and life? Just overall stress from work and life could be suffering. What about experiencing a sickness or a pain? That, that, that definitely could be a level of suffering. Dealing with the death of a loved one. That's definitely suffering. Having a personal dream of yours fall apart. A dream, a goal that you really wanted to see accomplished in your life, and it just fell apart. Um, there's a level of suffering that comes about with that. You know, we suffer when we go through things we don't want, when we go through things we don't understand, and when we go through things that we can't control. Because obviously there's certain things we, all of us, we want in our lives. So the moment we don't have them, there's a level of suffering that takes place. Whenever there's something happening in our lives that we can't understand, a lot of times that brings suffering. And when there's something that we can't control, that brings suffering as well. The list could go on, of course. A lot of suffering um, takes place in our lives because of our own decisions. Other suffering takes place because of the decisions of others. Other suffering takes place because we're just in a fallen world. Sin is in this world, and other suffering takes place of just being obedient to God and doing what God has called you to do. It brings a level of suffering. We could suffer in different ways. There's going to be a slide behind me. We could suffer emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and physically. And the question I have for each of you today is, what are you suffering from today? What are you suffering from today? Because I know how it is. You walk through these doors. It's like you might smile. You know exactly what to say. You'll say, praise the Lord. God is good. All is well. You'll say hello. You'll shake hands with people. But deep down inside, probably no one knows the suffering that you might be going through, or you might not know the suffering that I might be going through. And we, are, we go through life that way, but we don't acknowledge what the suffering is. So what is the suffering that you're experiencing today? So if you had to fill in that blank, what would you say that is? I'm going to give you a second. So you could come up with the suffering. I know probably there's, there might be a situation, there's a couple of things, but I'm talking about the main thing that's highlight, highlighted in our life. Some of you might know um, that my mom's health hasn't been good the last couple of days. Um, she was in Overlook Hospital for about five nights, and then afterwards she went to Kessler for four nights, um, no, actually longer than four nights, uh, just to do rehab o- overall. And I remember being in Overlook, 
And my mother doesn't uh, speak English uh, very little. Once in a while, she understands what we were saying. So she'd be catching us out there, be like, hey, she, she'd be like, yo sé lo que están diciendo. And I'm like, oh, sorry, mama. So uh, she, she'll, she'll be catching us out there, but she doesn't really speak English. And in each of the hospital rooms, something that stood out to me is that they have this uh, big poster there. And the poster has different um, faces on it to highlight the different pretty much pain level that you might be encountering in, um, in your suffering. So it might be no pain at all. It might be mild. It might be moderate. It might be severe, very severe or worse pain. And like, for example, like with my mom, like she had pain in her shoulder, um, especially in the beginning. Um, and pretty much the, like I could see the nurse saying, it's like, where are you in this scale if you had a point at one of the faces that are there? So if I had to ask you, if I had to ask you, like, where are you in the scale with the suffering that you highlighted in your life at this moment, what would you put? Would you put no pain, mild, moderate, severe, very severe, or worse pain possible? So you, you have to evaluate like exactly where you're at in your own life at this moment. You see, perspective is very different for every person. Like what's stressful for you might not be stressful for me. And what might be stressful for me might not be stressful for you. Uh, what might be painful for you might not be painful for me. The same way I said like the dentist is like, like, I don't like going to dentist, and then you have a couple people like Carlo right there. Carlo's like, yo, they're my friends. You know, like, it's not really painful for him. In the same way, in your life, it might be different for you than for me. And when it comes to suffering as well, suffering might be different. What you might consider suffering might be different from what I consider suffering, and vice versa. And it's amazing because it all has to do with perspective. Perspective has a lot to do with it. One of, the, one of my favorite videos, and I remember I played this once uh, months back, is a video where they attach a little camera on top of an eagle. And they attach a little camera on top of the eagle, and just to be able to see the angle and perspective from the eagle's point of view on how when it's flying. So I want to give you a little taste of it so that you could see it. It's going to be right here behind me. Just a few seconds. How cool is that if you would be able to glide like that over the mountains, over everything that's happening, you could say. And the eagle is like, man, I'm on camera. I'm on camera. They're catching everything. So obviously, the perspective of the eagle is very different. And something that catches my attention a lot is the fact that God compares us to eagles on the way that we could soar in our lives. And that's what we're going to read right now first from Isaiah chapter 40, verses 29 to 31. He says this. He says, he gives strength to the weary 
and increases the power of the weak. Even youth grows um, tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. So here you clearly say and see that there's challenges that we could go through in life, but that those who put their hope in the Lord and other translation, uh, other translations say, say that those that wait on the Lord, those that wait on the Lord for God to be able to move in our lives, we're able to soar like eagles. And there's going to be a, a slide behind me here that I want us to realize and know. Waiting on the Lord is dwelling in his presence until you receive his strength and perspective. Waiting on the Lord is dwelling in his presence until you receive his strength and perspective. So right now, this moment in your life, regardless of what's happening, the good, the bad, and the ugly, regardless of what you put as suffering, because suffering is something that happens in life, of course, if we wait on the Lord and allow God's presence to move in our lives, God will give you us the strength to be able to soar and change our perspective on the very thing that we might be encountering. Today, we're going to take a closer look at um, 1 Peter and 2 Peter, really focusing more on 1 Peter. 1 Peter, a common theme of 1 Peter is suffering, is suffering. Over 20 times, it talks about suffering in 1 Peter. In 2 Peter, what it really highlights, how it's important for us to know God's word so that we would be able to know, like, pretty much false teachings and be careful of false teachers. That's what the 2 Peter focuses on. But the 1 Peter focuses on how I said about suffering and I want to focus and talk about suffering today. Now, I could almost guarantee you that today's message might not be your favorite message in the whole wide world. It's going to be like, man, I love that message. We talked about suffering. No one, people don't want to talk about suffering. And I want to let you know, I know I mentioned that 2 Peter talks about like false teachings and teachers. Let me tell you, I know certain Christian teachers or pretty much churches, you could say, that they teach that pretty much suffering is not part of the Christian's journey in a sense. God is just there to bless you and prosper you from one step to another. So if you're not getting blessed and prospered, there's something wrong with you. And it's not supposed to be that way. And that's a false teaching because suffering without question is part of life. And I gave you reasons before. Some of it are our own decisions, other people's decisions. We're in a fallen world and we're following God. So suffering is part of the Christianity. And all you have to do is ask the disciples if suffering was a part 
of following Jesus. Pretty much the majority of them died for following Jesus. Ask the Apostle Paul uh, as well, like, you know, is suffering part of Christianity? I'm sure he'll tell you it is. He also died because of his belief in God. And without question that there's martyrs even up to today. There's Christians that die for their faith even up to today. And we should realize suffering is part of life. Even Jesus himself said in John chapter 16, verse 33, he says this, I have told you these things. And he was talking about death and resurrection and pretty much what was about to occur. He said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. So Jesus said it right off the bat. He said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. So don't be surprised when trouble comes. You will have trouble, Jesus said. But then he said, pretty much his next statement is about perspective. But take heart, I have overcome the world. So Jesus said, despite of the trouble, the suffering that you're going through, pretty much take heart, he's overcome the world He's God. He's sitting on the throne. He's sovereign regardless of what might happen in life. And he's someone that we could trust and anchor our lives in. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 to 14, Peter says this. And we're going to focus on three verses, but there's seven key things I'm going to highlight from these verses. And here, Peter says this, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you're insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. So think about that. It's like next time someone insults you because of your belief and walk in God, literally it's a blessing. So you could turn around and be like, oh, thank you for insulting me. (laughs) Because literally it's a blessing because the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. And then going to verse 19, it says this, so then, jumping down to verse 19, so then those who suffer according to God's will will, uh, will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. So here in First Peter I mean, it it was only three verses that we're highlighting there, but there's so many important points that we could highlight. And I want to highlight seven of them for you. The first one is do not be surprised. The first point, do not be surprised. So, so many times we're surprised when something occurs in our life and we feel like, it shouldn't happen for some reason. 
Like, you know, like we shouldn't be surprised because of all the reasons I've mentioned before, suffering does take place in this life. The second point is this, the suffering has come on you to test you. That's what the verse highlights. And for each and every one of us, um, something that like I want us to understand too, like if someone would ask me, what's the best way to know someone's character? What's the best way to know what's inside someone's heart? I would highlight two things. The first thing is time. Is I don't, I don't get impressed by, let's say if I meet someone for the first time and they're super excited about God and they declare they love God, they follow God, they want to serve and all that. Obviously, I rejoice the fact that they say that, but in my mind, it's, I'm like, let's give it some time. Let's see how long this lasts. Because the reality is, the greatest, one of the greatest testers of someone's character of who they are is time. It's one thing to say one Sunday that you love God and you want to follow him. But it's another one if you've been faithfully following God for months, for years. For decades, you know, like all of a sudden, time has proven your faithfulness to God. And that's one of the best testers of character. And one of another one would be suffering. When suffering occurs in our lives, how do we respond? You know, because definitely suffering reveals like what's within our hearts things that need to change within us. And I want to tell you, and this is like from our own experiences, that there's lessons that you learn in suffering that blessings will never teach you. There's things that you learn in the valley that you'll never learn on the mountaintop. And those valley moments, like God says that we will walk through the valley of shadow of death, but of course, he'll be with us. And even Psalm 23 says, you will walk through it. You're not going to get stuck in the middle of the valley. You're going to walk through it. But there's certain things you learn in the valley that you'll never, never be able to learn in the mountaintop. So that's something really important for us uh, to, to really uh, understand. Uh, number two is this. Uh, the suffer- Well, I mentioned the suffering has come to test you. Number three is rejoice in your suffering. Like one of the things that we even realized from the book of James, consider it pure joy when you fall into various trials and testings. It's like literally when we go through difficult time periods, the Bible tells you to rejoice. To rejoice. When is the last time, like, you know, we're going through a difficult time, our first let's say, response would be to rejoice in the suffering. And that's something that obviously, like, it's not easy to do, but that's a discipline to do, that the moment suffering is taking place, you have a choice to either get bitter, to get angry, to question God, or to turn your face uh, away from God and to walk away from God or to isolate yourself from other people. Or you have another choice to just surrender what you're going through to God and just trust him. 
So rejoice in your suffering. Number four is this, you will be rewarded. I mentioned to you when I went to the dentist, something that would bring much encouragement to me, despite of the suffering, is I was going to get the little pet goldfish in the end. I wanted that little pet goldfish to come to my house. So I was willing to go through the suffering for the reward. And in the scriptures, it says God's going to reward you for your faithfulness and your loyalty to him despite of your suffering. God will bless you and reward you because of being able to be faithful to him through it. The fifth thing that we see in those passage is the spirit will rest on you. And there's this song, it's a Spanish song. I'm not going to sing it for you, so don't worry. I'm not going to sing this song because you know I can't sing. But uh, there's a Spanish song that, now I'm forgetting the name of the song, but it's a good song. So it's a Spanish song. And part of the lyric says, um, if I have you, I have everything. If I have you, I have everything, and I don't need anything else. And when you live your life like that, knowing that if you have God, you have everything. You already have everything. Any other blessing that you get in your life, it's just the cherry on top. The, the foundation and the substance of what you're looking for in this life is God and you have him. And if you have him, you have everything and you don't need anything else because God is the answer to every need within, deep within your heart. And some of you might be thinking, it's like, well, Carlos, I need other things besides God. The reality is that God could saturate your heart and soul so much when you realize that he's everything that you need and everything that you would want, that everything else around you that you thought you needed pretty much drifts away in the distance once you have more of God. And if anything, if you might... Uh, it might say to yourself, you don't feel like you have that appetite and hunger for God. Ask God to give it to you. Be like, God, I want to be more hungry for you. I want to be hungry for you. I want to thirst for your presence in my life every single day. The sixth point is this, those who suffer, uh, those who suffer according to God's will. The next point, those who suffer according to God's will. So right here in this verse, you see that suffering is part of God's will um, for us, especially, of course, when it's in obedience to what God wants us to do. It's part of God's will. And lastly, the last point that I want to highlight from the verses that we read uh, is commit yourself to God and continue to do his work. Something that is said in, that, in those verses in First Peter is that despite of the suffering, Despite of what you're going through, it said to rejoice and continue to do the work that God has called you to do. So because of your suffering, it's not an excuse not to do God's work. If anything, it should be fueled to do God's work even more in the midst of your suffering. I know that there was a, a video that went viral, and I guarantee you that 90% of you watched this video we're not going to play the actual video, but all I have to do is show you the picture of the video right there. How many of you have seen this video? Now, this is a young kid. He's 10 years old. His name is Roshan, and he's from Jamaica. 
and he was in school, and this video went viral. It has like 30 million views, so that's a lot of views. Um, 30 million views, and he's in school, and while he's in school during lunchtime, he started to sing a song, and while he's singing the song, uh, they recorded it. And while they recorded it, and I'm just going to highlight a key verse, the key verses of the song, and it says this. It said, Lord, I thank you for sunshine. Thank you for rain. Thank you for joy. Thank you for pain. It's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day. It, it was a very simple song. How many of you saw it? You saw the video. Put your hands out. All right. Many of you saw it. So, Lord, I thank you for sunshine. I thank you for rain. I thank you for joy. And I thank you for pain. And I think it was so powerful because here you have a little kid realizing that there's reasons to thank God for the sunshine. There's reason to thank God for the rain. And today we have a rainy day. There's reason to thank God for whatever the weather might be um, there. And then it also said, I thank you for joy because in life, there's a lot of joy that comes into our lives. And we thank God for the joy that God brings uh, into our lives. But he also says, I thank you for pain. He says, I thank you for pain. And it's such a simple song, but yet, so powerful to hear a young man have the right perspective on the way he should see pain in his life. He says, I thank you for pain. And then he says, it's a beautiful day. He says, it's a beautiful day. And in every single day, every single day of our lives, every single day is a beautiful day regardless of what happens in that day, regardless if, it, if there's tragedy, if there's suffering, if there's pain, if there's problems, if there's circumstances that are out of control. It's a beautiful day. You know why? Because God's sitting on the throne. God's sovereign. God loves us. God doesn't leave our side. God promises to walk with you every step of the way. It's a beautiful day because God's always present in the face of trouble that we might be encountering. And that alone makes it a beautiful day. I want to highlight a couple more truths to you is this. The first truth is this. God, God allows suffering to take place in our lives. And that's difficult to wrap our minds around. It's difficult. Because we might wonder, it's like, why would God allow suffering to happen in our lives? Something that's interesting is Job chapter 1, verse 8. In Job chapter 1, verse 8, the Lord is speaking to Satan, and it says this. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? 
There's no one on earth like him. He's blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. This verse is really interesting because God is the one that highlighted Job to Satan. God said, have you considered Job? Pretty much saying that I'm going to allow suffering to take place in Job's life. But if you know the book of Job, Satan was limited on what he could do to um, Job. But God allowed it. In my life, I live it trusting God. And whatever takes place in my life, whatever suffering I might encounter, I know it had to go through God's hands first. I might not understand why it's happening. I might not understand the details of it. I know that I might not be in control of it, which I know I'm not. But I could trust God that God is in control and it went through his hands. And for some reason, some reason that I cannot see, God has allowed it. So my choice is to go to God, to dwell in his presence, for him to give me strength and to change my perspective and to fill me with his spirit so I could soar like an eagle over the suffering that might be going through at that moment. The second point is this, there is greater purpose for the pain. In Romans chapter eight, verse 28, it says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. I know it didn't happen in this service, but two weeks ago, Uh, Jen was interviewed in the Spanish service about what happened to her life and pretty much our family of how her dad, someone took his life. He was killed in a robbery that took place in Hillside back in 2003. And Jen was able to share from her experience how she felt and her eventually coming to the place of choosing forgiveness to take place. But one of the things that in the midst of everything that took place, like Jen mentioned in the beginning, we were questioning God, like, you know, why does this occur and so on and so forth. But in the midst of everything, in hindsight, we could see God's fingerprints through the entire journey before the incident, during the incident, and after the incident. And one of the things that I shared in the Spanish service today was two weeks before Jen's um, dad, they took his life. Jen's dad would sometimes attend church, but he wouldn't talk much about God. But two weeks before, he expressed to Jen and to me and and to us around the table that he wanted to walk to work and back at night and in the morning so that he would be able to talk to God. And that struck us as like, what? What's going on? Like, it are like really odd that all of a sudden he has such a deep desire to talk to God. And during those days, he would walk to work, talk to God, build a relationship with him. 
probably one that was much deeper than he ever had before. In addition to that, anytime we would sit around the table during those two weeks before, he would bring up the Bible wanting to talk about it, which never took place before. But God was there. God was in the midst of what was about to take place. God was there preparing him, preparing us, showing us that he's still sovereign in the midst of the evil and pain that takes place in this world. He is still sovereign and he's involved in the details. Even to the point that probably a couple days before, he walked Jen to the basement of the house and showed Jen where there was some money hidden in case anything would ever take place in his life. God's fingerprints were there. And we saw that God drew him closer to him to welcome him home. But in the midst of everything, it also opened everyone around us closer to God and opened our hearts to be open to him more than ever before. A third point is this. God will give you the grace and power to go through the suffering. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10, it says this. It says, therefore, in order to keep me from being conceited, the apostle Paul said, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from, of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, I am strong. So here the Apostle Paul was going through suffering. And he asked God to remove the suffering. God said, no, I'm not going to remove the suffering. God's response to him was, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So in our weakness, it causes us to surrender to God more and to rely on his power so that we could go through what we're going through. And the last point that I want to highlight is this is instead of asking why are you suffering, ask God, ask God what he wants to teach you and to transform you. And I know I mentioned pretty much everything that happened in our family to Jen. In the beginning, we both would ask God, why? Why did this happen? But then there came a point where we just surrendered everything to God and we pretty much told God to teach us lessons of what is taking place and to transform our hearts. We want to see things through a different perspective. We realize that we're not in control. We realize we're not going to understand everything. We realize this isn't what we wanted, but we're going to surrender. We're just going to surrender everything to God and to trust God and to humble ourselves before him. 
and to be able to trust him and worship him in the middle of our circumstances. And the last verse I want to highlight is this. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 through 7, Peter says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that, may he, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all of your anxiety on him because he cares for you. I want to highlight the word anxiety there in, that, in the scriptures just to give you a taste of the original meaning of that word. It's deep. It talks about, it points at our worries. It points at our fears. It talks about our anxiety, about our cares. But the part that really highlighted to me, that stood out to me was this. In the definition of the word, it said, dividing, like fracturing a person into parts or pieces. And when I saw that, like, I was like, that's how you feel when you're suffering. When you're suffering, you feel like you're falling apart, fractured, divided into pieces. You feel like your heart, your mind, your soul has been shattered in a million pieces, and you don't even know how you could start putting all these pieces together, which are impossible to do. And that's why Peter is saying, come before God and humble yourself before him so that he would be able to lift you up so you could soar again like eagles. He says, cast your anxiety, cast your fears, cast your worries, cast your problems, cast your sufferings to God. And he's going to give you the strength and he's going to give you the perspective for you to soar like eagles in the middle of your valley that you're going through in your life. So even now, with every head bowed, I want you to think of your life. And if you know that you need to humble yourself before God, if you know that you're going through suffering and for far too long you've been asking why instead of asking God what he wants you to teach, to teach you, instead of asking God why, turning to God and asking him to transform your heart, maybe you've been going through suffering, whatever suffering it may be, but you've been doing it all by yourself and you haven't cast it to God. You haven't given it to God. And even that word casting to God, that means like throwing it to God as hard as you can, as far as you could throw it. Just surrendering it completely to God. So at this time, I'm going to invite you, if you need to come forward to the altar, to lay down your hurts, your burdens, your pain, your struggle, your anxieties, your worries, your problems, the things that keep you up at night, your suffering, your physical, mental, emotional pain, whatever you're going through, if you want to surrender it all to God and decide and give, to, give it to God and tell God, God, in the midst of everything, I surrender it to you, but I choose 
to realize it's a beautiful day, even today, in the middle of the pain. And I choose to worship you and thank you for everything that you've done in my life because you've never left me alone. You've never abandoned me. You've been with me every step of the way. But it takes a moment of faith. It takes really a lifestyle of faith to come forward and to surrender it all. So right now the altar is open. Give it to God. Except for a heart singing hallelujah, hallelujah. Holy Spirit, we thank you for being here in our midst. And even now, we just surrender everything to you, God. God, we ask you to transform our hearts and transform our vision, our perspective, God. God, that we wouldn't question why, that we wouldn't become bitter and angry, that we wouldn't fix our eyes on the problem, but that we would rejoice because we know you and you're with us, God. That we would be able to rejoice in the face of suffering, not because of the suffering itself, but because we know that you're in us and with us every step of the way. God, we just surrender everything to you and we ask you that you would saturate us with your presence. Give us your supernatural strength, Lord God. Give us your your power, my God, within the deepest parts of our soul and of our hearts to be able to walk through the dark valleys that sometimes we have to walk through in this life. And God, we worship you. We worship you in the good. We worship you in the bad. We worship you in the tragedy. We worship you in the days of of blessings that everything is going well. We worship you when it's sunny outside and when it's raining, God. And we declare, because you are God, because you're sitting on the throne, because you're sovereign, sovereign, and because you love us and you're always with us, Every single day of our life is a beautiful day. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone said, amen. Christ Fellowship of Elizabeth is a Christian community whose mission is to love God, make disciples, and change the world. You can learn all about us by visiting cfofelizabeth.com. We meet each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. at the Liberty Center in Elizabeth, as well as at various times throughout the week. If you'd like to see a video recording of the full worship service this teaching came from, you can watch On Demand on our YouTube channel, and you can join us live online every week by visiting cfofelizabeth.live. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. Make sure you subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher so you never miss an episode. See you next time.